After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Hemorrhoids. There, I said it. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Today on the show, we are introducing a new segment called <laughs> The Volsky Files. <laughs> we definitely need a little stinger of We music really for that. do. We need something for The Volsky Files. I mean, I don't know if we'll return to this or not. Let me give you a little background here. Genevieve and I uh, were watching a football game on Saturday. Now you're thinking to yourself, hey, Andrew, college football's over. There were no NFL games on this Saturday. That's what were you obviously watching? what you're thinking. That's obviously what you're thinking. And, well, obviously what we were watching was a 1979 <laughs> football game between the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> and the Denver Broncos that we found on YouTube. And can I just tell you that we were on the edge of our seats? Yes, you were <laughs> high-fiving me we when We had no Seattle idea scored. what was going to happen. So it just we just treated it like it was a... An actual, factual, live football game. I mean, so we, you know, don't have regular cable coming into the house anymore, but we got a smart TV, not to brag, but it's <laughs> That's, pretty smart. It's pretty smart. My TV is an honor student. Um <laughs> And that so, is a good bumper sticker. <laughs> so we have a bunch of like apps, right? And when you turn on the TV, the apps will automatically suggest a bunch of stuff based on, you know, the stuff you've watched before. And we have YouTube as an because app on the algorithms. TV because of algorithms. And um and so YouTube just knows that I'm always watching things from like vintage television. Sometimes they're commercials, but during the holidays, I just look for old shit to put on, right? And so it was serving, and it knows I like football. So it was like, hey, do you want to watch any of these old football games that are on YouTube? And so we discovered that there's a guy named Dave Volsky on YouTube who takes old VHS tapes of... NFL games from way back in the day, digitizes them and cleans them up quite a bit. He seems to be very proud of his ability to sort of remaster the color and everything. And um, and that's why uh, this game was available on YouTube and a whole bunch of others. Now, we only watched that one game, which, by the way, spoiler alert if you haven't seen this game yet, <laughs> but it was the week four matchup, 1979, and the Seahawks... As I'm sure you remember. The Seahawks end up blowing a 24-point lead. They yeah. go into this game against Denver as the significant underdogs, and they're in Denver. Yep. And so the announcers keep saying, oh, it, it was Marv Albert and somebody else. They kept saying, "They're America is shocked right now by what the Seahawks yes. are doing. Which, and then, sidebar, also caused us to do a deep dive on the Marv Albert scandal. Yes, which is terrible. Um, and uh, But anyway, we, they end up blowing this 24-point lead and um, just just losing it in the second half. I don't even, did they score in the second half? It doesn't matter. Um, point it is. It was humiliating. I mean, they just, they they collapsed. The first half of the game had hardly any commercials in it, and I was bummed. And I thought, oh, maybe the person who originally recorded this on VHS was pausing the tape, or maybe Dave Volsky doesn't want to mess around with commercials. But um, I think it was probably the former. 
performer because as the game went on, I think the person who originally recorded it might have gotten lazier and lazier because more and more commercials were appearing, which is, I mean, that's the best part for us. So uh, we are going to do a little roundup today of some of these commercials from 1979 that we saw on this broadcast. One thing that I did not realize, because it was a national broadcast of the game, but we didn't realize until well into the game when we started to see the commercials that it was actually taped here in Seattle or in the Seattle market off of King 5 television. So we saw some great local commercials from the area, but also a bunch of national stuff too. So we are going to play for you some of these commercials, one that would have fit perfectly into a show Genevieve produced a few weeks ago, just perfect on that theme. We'll tell you more about that in a second. But before we get to all of that, before we get to the Volsky files, as everybody's buzzing about... um, (laughs) Veeves has a couple of commercials that she wants to share with us. I have not seen these yet. In fact, one of them is absolutely blowing her mind. It came on TV the other day. I was not paying attention, and you're like, "Have you have you seen this one?" And I was like, "No, you're, I don't. I don't even think I want you to see it yet. I just this, is, I, I this can't. impression of me that you do. Oh, this is, is exactly what you sounded like. That was the tape. Wild. No, you were very. You seemed agitated by this commercial. I don't know if it's a good agitation. I'm constantly out of breath or a when ba- you're in, I'm, in your imagination of me. This is not. I always felt like I just ran a mile to tell you about something. People are always surprised when they hear their own voice played back. <laughs> that is a fact. And that is what is happening here. I don't think you realize how breathless you were when you mentioned this commercial. So I'm very excited. I have no idea what I'm about to see. A cat is not subordinate to a dog. That is extremely rude to cats. We met five minutes ago. Now we're married. You know what people like about gum? History. If it gets completely fucked up, so what? You might have heard a phone ringing in the background. (laughs) I didn't even realize what I was hearing. Is that our cat walking on my printer slash fax machine yeah the cat is trying to fax somebody because the cat thinks it's 1993 yeah hey that's my lane buddy um all right so genevieve what is this commercial that you were so breathlessly (laughs) freaked out about all right this has been in heavy rotation it's for the nissan rogue and the name of the commercial you know they sometimes give them a little name on iSpot or wherever they post it is called pup on the run pup on the run yeah so to I'll- the tune let me ask you this do they use paul mccartney and wings band on the run song no they don't mm. um missed opportunity so i'll just set this up for you and then i don't want i i almost don't want to set it up except that it will make probably not a lot of sense to the listener um <laughs> if uh, if i don't explain what's happening but We start uh, just outside of a dog park and a a guy like sort of a young young guy is playing in the dog park with his dog, which is off leash. The dog sees a squirrel. It bolts. It leaps over the fence of the park. And then another guy who's parked outside of this dog park. I don't know if he's like a pup peeper or what his deal is, if he just happens to be a peeper, a pupper peeper. This is a thing. Or I this just, is a thing that you're making up. I just made it up, but it was obvious. These are people who hang outside of dog parks to peep other people's pups? I could see being a pup peeper. Huh. Couldn't you? 
Yeah, it sounds totally. It, it just sounds. I think I'm a casual pup peeper. I mean, yeah, I the name pup peeper though sounds illicit. It sounds. Well, peep is always troubling. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure if we're supposed to be peeping other people's pups. <laughs> well, there's no law in it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> when they outlaw pup peeping, only outlaws will peep pups. How I found out my girlfriend was a pup peeper. <laughs> anyway, this pup peeper is sitting in his Nissan Rogue. And he sees the dog go leaping over the fence and run off after the squirrel. And we without without pausing for a second, even to like Pause. make even without <laughs> get out. <laughs> even without like I don't think he even makes eye contact with the owner of the dog. He just peels out of there and chases the dog in his car. And he chases the dog like so far. <laughs> so, uh, this Reddit also had a reaction to this, which I'll get into in a minute here. But he chases the dog, and it's meant to show that like the the the, the Nissan Rogue can like handle different kinds of terrain. So at some point, he's chasing the dog down like sort of a dirt road and kind of in the seemingly in the country. Meanwhile, remember he starts out in what looks like a standard suburban neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Tinted windows, binoculars. Yeah. So I basically told you the whole commercial, but just I, so can we just watch it? I'd like you to react to it. Bruno. Bruno. Okay. So somebody, some brilliant person who set up this dog park has set a picnic table right next to the fence. Yes. So the dog jumps on the picnic table and then over the fence, like I'm sure a million dogs have done before him. Yeah, it's like set up like a dog escape route. Bruno! Bruno! Pup on the run? No problem. Okay, so the guy in the rogue, and now that it's called a rogue seems even more icky to me because we got a pup peeper in a rogue. Yeah. Who says... A roguish pup peeper. Who says knowingly, pup on the run? I got this, or something like that, which is, again, like he like he was waiting for it. Yeah. Although, let's see, is he parked outside of the thing? It looks like he's driving next to the dog park. Well, he's, he's paused. Pup on the run? Yeah. When no the dog jumps. And he's chasing the dog. Pup. With five drive modes, Rogue makes this a walk in the park. Yeah, so now, like, the dog is still chasing the squirrel, um, but we very quickly go from a suburban environment to, like, kind of deep in the woods. It seems quite deep in the woods. There's, it's certainly a dirt road. It's a big two-lane dirt road. Drive the Nissan Road. Okay, and then, then the guy whistles. Then and- so he the, the dog, for reasons not explained, just stops and sits on this dirt road. So he pulls up behind it. This man, a stranger to the dog, by mm-hmm. the way, just whistles at the dog. And the dog's just like, oh, okay. And like hops in the car. And then we see like as they're doing the, you know, MSRP, blah, 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 mm-hmm. fine print bullshit. We see the two men uh, like getting like the, the Nissan Rogue driver. Has come back come to back the to dog return park. The dog to so what owner. do you think the dog owner's been doing this whole time? He's just at the dog park ho- hoping that this pup peeper comes back with his dog? Like, is he does he is he even aware that the reason that that person drove off so quickly is to go rescue yeah. did the he, dog? Yeah, did he hear him say pup on the run? I don't think so. His windows were rolled up. I almost want, like, this story to me is so bananas because... Like, if you unpack it for just even, like, a, if you peel one bat, one layer back, it's just 
utterly bonkers, right? Like a stranger sees a dog run away. He chases the dog in a car, you know, up, up street and down street, off into the country. Somehow this dog is able to outrun this car. That's a good point. Far enough to like get into the into the wilderness. It almost makes me think the rogue is too slow to be my car. Uh, that was one of the critiques that the Reddit users had. Then he brings it back. And the only way this even makes a slight amount of sense to me narratively is if this is a, a meat cute. Which the, between the dog owner and the guy in the between SUV. the two men, yeah, mm. which wouldn't shock me, you know. I mean, like, I think we're it's it wouldn't be the the you know twenty twenty four. Like, if if Nissan wants to have like a gay uh, gay love story in their in their car commercial, I think that's great, and I have no problem with. it. I just but, don't think that's the but vibe I don't here. think that's what's happening. Because we never see like a close interaction. There's no like sparkle in the eye. Like we see them right. from kind of a distance, like exchanging that, information over this dog. I, well, but why would they need to exchange or information? What it, may, were they exchanging information? I don't know. They were just sort of huddled uh, as he's returning the dog. I'm, I'm sure the guy who like lost the dog wants to know like, what happened? Where did my dog go? What, what took you so I've long? I've been standing here with my thumb up my ass because I don't have a car. I like... I noticed that you were driving a Nissan Rogue, and they're notoriously slow, so I wanted to give you your time. They're kind of chatting at the end. I mean, it doesn't look romantic, but it's like, I think it's like, sort of could be left to the imagination. I only bring that up because without some sort of, like, motive or logic to this, where it would be like a cute thing, a cute way to meet somebody or like be the hero and bring somebody's dog back to them and be kind of romantic or like a, you know, a good pickup line. But I just think that any kind of romance, you'd show a close, sure. closer shot of them. Yeah. They just, they, they do not, there's nothing about their body language in this quick shot that appears to be any kind of flirtation. So absent that, I just think it's absolutely like nonsensical, like the whole story. And this is what... Uh, First of all, you're super breathless about this. <laughs> My imitation of you before was, was, was spot on. Okay. It is interesting that this really, that this this one particularly caught in your craw. I don't know if I've seen this commercial or not. This seems to me like the type of commercial I might have seen a bunch and never even paid attention to. But like you're, this really stands out to you as being a bananas commercial. And there's a whole Reddit community that has your back on this. Yes. Yeah, so the, here's what the, here's what Reddit has to say. This is somebody posted in uh, our in uh, the subreddit commercials I hate, which I go to frequently because there's a lot of good content. Do you there. go there frequently? Yeah, I stumble on it sometimes. I find it to be I'm, so if I'm, reductive. I'm searching for it's, ideas. I it's always just like, do. oh, I'm so sick of this person's face. I'm, yeah, they, it's never good critiques. Well, usually that's true, but once in a while you find a gem, and I think this is one. Um, somebody writes, "This is virtual news." G N U S. Um, here, let me. This is this is them describing the story of the of the commercial. Here, let me catch your dog using my Nissan Rogue, which is so exceedingly slow that I'll chase your dog from the dog park across the city onto a dirt road leading down to the last house on the left. This commercial makes the rogues does not make the rogue seem fast when the guy can't even catch the dog until it's all the way out in the country. Mm-hmm. A feat that would probably take the dog at least two hours to complete. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, the problem if you have a dog on the loose is keeping your eyes on the dog before they like find a, you know, find yes, someplace well, that you can't get your rogue into. And somebody else writes, "Awfully nice of the dog to stay on or near the roadways yeah. and not veer off into the woods, backyards, or fields." Right. Exactly. Note to the dog park: install a higher fence. Or don't push the table. You're going to get some hop-ons. This is directly out of Arrested Development. It's like they put the table right next to the fence so the dogs can just step up onto the picnic table like a set of stairs yeah. and then walk over the fence. It is a... It is a, It is. A- 
<laughs> it's like it, speaking for rest of development it's like that scene when they pull the stair car up to the prison yeah that's what then, i was talking about oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I said you're gonna get some hop-ons oh, but yeah. i meant it in that way like they they pull the stair car up to the prison fence and everybody just walks walks up and out of the prison so to, and it, the thing about this commercial is i think it's absolutely bananas the way it was like the story that they have come up with to illustrate the versatility and speed of a car and it plays relentlessly. So I just, mm. I, whatever I'm watching, this is in the heaviest of heavy rotations. That's interesting. Yeah. Like I say, I don't think I've seen it before, but honestly, I could have seen it and it just didn't uh, register for me because it's just something about a lot of car commercials just seem like, I don't know, cars. It's zooming, very like... hard to break out. To, to And maybe that's the answer really that mm. I'm looking for. It's like, it's really hard, I think, for car commercials to make a car commercial that does anything new or interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think Subaru is so fantastically uh, successful because they, I couldn't tell you one feature that Subaru has ever like promote. I'm sure they do, but like I don't ever think of Subarus when I think about like what feature it has, but I think about them as like an emotional, I have an emotional idea about what Subaru represents. Yeah. Yeah. Family, safety. Safety and family, yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, yeah. So, I just think this Nissan Rogue ad is hilarious and crazy. So, now tell me about this other campaign that you have listed here. Um, Totally different, totally switching gears here. This is for Dave and Busters. But I only saw a little clip or two of these commercials when you were prepping the show today, and I'm intrigued. Is this... Are these... Are these ad collades or admonishments? These We're about is, to this hand is it. another admonishment. I'm oh kind no, of, I'm really? kind of on a tear day. Although maybe you'll I disagree it was with me. Be an ad collade. So you know what David Buster's is? It's like mm-hmm. it's Chuck E. Cheese for grownups. Sure. Um, and they have a new campaign running right now that has a few different iterations. Um, but the the main focus of it is this guy who they have positioned as their spokesman. Um, I couldn't find the actor's name, but he he is given a name in the in the fictional universe of the commercial, which is James Flag, mm. and I can't tell if that's like if there's if there's some signifier there, if there's some kind of punny quality to it. Otherwise, I don't know. They, I guess, giving him a name, and you'll and I'll explain why I think this is very relevant. Is kind of like giving Doctor Rick a name. I was going to say, I was just taking some notes um, because of the, again, I haven't even seen a full commercial yet with this guy, but I was going to tell you, I'm getting strong, somebody in a, in a creative meeting saying, we want um, Dr. Rick yeah. played by a, a Zach Galifianakis type. Right, a Zach Galifianakis or a Seth Rogen type. Mm-hmm. So you have a guy like, you know, he's sort of a, a bookery guy, uh, young, younger than Dr. Rick, probably, you know, in his 30s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's introducing this like insanely. That's uh, a it's a method for it's like he's like a self help guru. He's mm-hmm. like a, a method for improving your life, and the the method is to like learn unlearn how to be an adult by going to Dave and Buster's and like playing like a kid again. Which again, huge Doctor Rick vibes, huge right? Dr. Like Doctor Rick, Dr. Rick exactly. is hey, you're aging too quickly because you got home insurance and now you're acting like your parents, but you're really young people. So I'm trying to teach you how not to be right. old. This is the same thing. It's He's the same saying campaign, yeah. we're trying to teach you how to unadult. To Except use the- that it is the writing is just mm. like terrible in my okay. opinion. There are a few lines in here that I, maybe it's not even the writing. I find his performance extremely annoying, and I find the 
they they I think they're still they they didn't really land on whether they're doing like self-help like like guru like like sort of eastern mysticism or self-help like like alcoholics anonymous where it's a 12-step program you know they don't really know exactly what genre of self-help they're trying to do mm-hmm. and so I think the result is really muddled so this first version that you're gonna play is actually a minute a minute and a half um, that's longer than any version I've seen online or seen on TV and I am seeing this a lot I'm mostly seeing 30 seconds but this first one that you're gonna play which kind of is like the overview of this method um, inc- incorporates all of the all of the pieces from the 30 second versions that I've seen around. Yeah, I see that you have a couple of 15 seconders. Yeah, after and then I have some follow ups. So, yeah, so this one of those things where they made one big one and it's a montage of him going around sticking his face into people's kind of business when they're either playing games at yeah. Dave and Buster's, like shared video game getting experiences, beer. getting beer, sitting at the table, conversing, and he's like popping his head in. And again, his vibe is kind of like that. It is kind of like, um, I would say, Zach Galifianakis in. In the hangover sort of like a little sloppy broishness like may- maybe I'm wrong about that well I just think uh, you know Zach Galifianakis in the hangover is profoundly awkward yeah that's true and I don't think that's what they're going for with this guy but I also it's think like sloppy bro is what I'm going for here like unke- unkempt yeah. but like cool bro guy sort of yeah I mean that's why I say time. Seth Rogen because yeah, yeah. he makes me think of yeah, him in like sense. knocked up or something yeah yeah that makes sense okay here yes they're bad at dancing so these we're seeing two people and they're playing one of those dancing video games. I think they're called Dance Dance Revolution or the like. Dance Dance Resolution. We <laughs> resolve to dance. Sorry. <laughs> what is that from? It's from it's from the good place. <laughs> yes. They're bad at dancing, but they're good at living. Let me tell you how. The Dave and Buster's method is a 748-step process designed to help you unlearn adulthood. Forget the hours wasted at work or doing taxes. Focus on what really matters. Hanging with your friends at Dave and Buster's. We're seeing, again, just a montage of images of people enjoying themselves, playing video games on big screens, etc. (laughs) This is the method. It's working. It's not always going to be easy, but you can unlearn adulthood. Ashley, I don't want to hear anything about your car registration when we're at Dave and Buster's. Okay. I noticed you weren't screaming there, buddy. What's wrong? I'm using my inside voice. Don't use your inside voice at Dave and Buster's. You guys, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the cheat codes. But I do have this power card with a ton of chips on it that could change your life. Let the Dave and Buster's method illuminate you. Just breathe. Relax. Spin. So, I see what you mean about the tone of it being like, you can almost tell from the music that like it's got this almost surreal quality to it. At the beginning, it has some kind of new agey, new agey music, and there's a lot of slow mo in this as well. And it sort of got this um, almost kind of underwater pacing to it. Yeah, I think you're right. This to me feels like something where the, uh, 
the Dave and Buster's creative team or marketing team or whatever was like really impressed by the success of the Dr. Rick ads, saw a parallel there of like, this is a, you know, we're our whole thing, our whole brand is to like have adults come in and kind of play and it's a playground for adults. Um, and I think they, I just think it's a misfire because it's the writing is so incredibly, uh, inferior to the Dr. Rick writing. Yeah, you know, when I said I'd seen clips of this, I was looking for a little drop for the top of the show today, and really the only thing that I'd seen of this was the one sort of funny part, which is when he puts his arm around a guy and says, I didn't hear you screaming, bud. Everything okay? Right. And I think that that's a funny concept, and the guy says I was using my inside voice. Like The funny thing is, is like I needle dropped on the one funny part of that commercial. I actually like the guy who says I was using my inside voice. <laughs> yeah. I also, it like really puts my teeth on edge when he tells Ashley he doesn't want to hear her talk about her car registration. Yeah, just a man telling a woman it's, to yes, shut up, basically. a man telling a woman he doesn't want to hear about X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And I understand it's a joke, and I, I get that car registration stories are not intrinsically very interesting, but there's something about it that just it just hits really wrong. Like, maybe they should have... She looks so abashed they when he should have, it. They should have swapped that, because, I mean, obviously, he's, he's negging everybody. Sure. But maybe she could have been the inside voice person unless that would come off as being like shrill or something. No, no, because it would be the opposite. She wasn't she wasn't using yeah, a tell loud her to voice. Speak up. Yeah, exactly. And then you could have told the guy, like, hey, hey, L, nobody wants to hear about your car insurance. I agree. Yeah. I think I think a gender swap on that would have been very helpful. But in general, I just don't like the demeanor of this spokesperson. No, I don't like him either. And he and it feels very and because I'm constantly seeing it. Um, and mm -hmm. at various iterations of it, um, it just makes me crazy. Do you have anything positive to say today <laughs> well, at all about anything? When we get to the Volsky files, I've got a lot more positive feedback to to, to provide. Okay. What are these other Dave and Buster's commercials here? They're just kind of, these are uh, quick ones. They're 15 second versions and they just kind of focus on specific um, activities that you can do at Dave and Buster's, but kind of wrapped in this language of healing and self, self help. This first one is the, the two couple, the couple that we see are the two people that we see at the beginning of that long one who are dancing and dance, the dance, dance, <laughs> now I'm doing it, dance, dance revolution. Um, and he, the spokesman is behind them kind of like doing his guru thing. Dave and Buster's method will help you find a new rhythm to your life. What are you dancing to this? I want to hang out with my friends more. You already are. Right here. So what are you dancing to us? Begin the method today with five free games. You know you want to. I don't like that you know you want to either. I don't care for that as a tagline. And you're right. They identify him. They put... Oh, it actually, you know, what's weird is it says by James Flag. Oh, I see. The like Dave and Buster's method. method by James Flag. Oh, yeah. They're totally trying to brand him as a Dr. Rick. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But th I think they do a really poor job of they they do too much for him to just be an anonymous spokesperson and not enough for him to be a developed character the way Dr. Rick is. What's He's, this other one? Um, this one's called Wellness. And I they're like, um, you've got two people. uh I can't remember what game they're playing, but I think they're just playing some kind of table game and he, he comes up behind them and has more to say. The Dave and Buster's method teaches that wellness starts with we, so we can get to the next level. How about another round for we? Begin the method today with five free games. Oh yeah, they're really losing the thread there. How about another round for we instead of us? His performance is so smug 
and his, he, his he's like his demeanor is so unpleasant to me. I it's amazing to me that they thought this guy was going to sell me on going to Dave and Buster's. Yeah, and also I don't even get that wee one. I don't even understand what they're going for. Well, wellness begins with we. Oh, I see. So let's instead of us. Instead of us. It's just stupid. Yeah, it is. You know it's not stupid. The Volsky Files. One of the first commercials that we saw when we were watching this old NFL game from 1979 was a local commercial here in Seattle, and it blew me away. It's for a radio station, KVI, where we have friends who currently work at that radio station. It's now a conservative talk station. I don't know if it's always been that, but apparently back in the day, they had a special sports show on KVI that was called The Sports Page. And this commercial begins with not a celebration of what people are doing on the Sports Page radio program, but instead a parody of what the other radio stations are doing for their sports coverage. And so we see some guy, more on this guy in a moment, and he's in a like sports newsroom somewhere. And it's funny because we see like, as you do in some newsrooms, three clocks behind him. One says Seattle, one says Tacoma, and one says Everett. And they're all on drastically different times. <laughs> like the, the, even the minute hands are just randomly uh, on various uh, numbers. And then um, we see him, he's behind a microphone. He's got a telephone sitting in front of him. And it's a bit of a kind of a chaotic studio scene. And he slams on a, a Seattle Mariners hat, the same Mariners hat that I have now, except mine is like a vintage logo. But this is when that was actually still the Mariners. Mariners logo, uh, the little trident, and he's throwing it on. He's throwing on the hat and then talking the microphone and saying, "Okay, it's time to talk about the Mariners now." And then he quickly switches gears with a little uh, transition in the video, and he puts on a Seahawks helmet and then tries to put headphones on over top of the Seahawks helmet and then just starts reading from the newspaper. He's supposed to be a, a buffoonish clown covering sports, but the thing is, like, mostly what he's doing is just like. It's not actually an example of bad radio. It's just, it's just stage business. It's just weird stage yeah. business behind the scenes. Um, and then uh, you'll hear the voiceover guy say something like, this is what other stations do, but we actually have a team of, of sports experts. And they kind of flash a bunch of the experts across the screen. And then at the end, for one last joke, he goes to answer the phone one more time. And um, instead of picking up the phone, he accidentally holds his sandwich up to his ear, which is comedy gold. Okay, let's check the Mariner news. Tough game last night. Let's check the football headlines. I will say the verisimilitude of saying tough game last night when you're talking about the Mariners, I believe it. <laughs> it probably was. Okay, let's check the Mariner news. Tough game last night. Let's check the football headlines. Last night. Hello, Mr. Sports. Babe Ruth. It wasn't? When it comes to... Okay, so I have no idea what that was even supposed to be. He picks up the phone and says, Babe Ruth pauses says, hello mr sports oh yeah hello mr is he he's mr sports and he thinks it's babe ruth on the other end or it's news about babe ruth or babe ruth dead. is the answer to whatever question was asked of him oh yeah was but honestly contest? i'm just guessed i'm just guessing tonight hello mr sports babe ruth it wasn't when it comes to sports most radio stations give you a one-man show but the kbi sports page gives you a whole team bring you the inside story on sports for two hours every weeknight. The KVI 570 Sports page, weeknights at 6. Because we don't think one man can do it all. Hello, Mr. Sports. 
Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be Mr. Sports. I guess so. Uh, but I don't, underst- I don't understand the narrative that's happening with Mr. Sports. It is the... The picture of these six guys when they say they've got these six six sports mm-hmm. guys to to talk is the graphics. Um, it looks like the world's most poorly executed PowerPoint slide. <laughs> like it is the gra- It's just amazing that that was what professional graphics looked like back then. You yeah, know? and I've been meaning to because I didn't grow up around here, so I don't know like who a lot of these names are, and maybe our listening audience would. Um, and I've been meaning to kind of look them up. They show John Johnson. He looks kind of he looks athletic. He looks like he might have been a player yeah. of some sport at some point. Norm Evans uh, looks more like a journalist. Mike England might have been an athlete. I'm not sure. Then Bob Robertson. And then isn't there a Bob Walsh? There's That's a Bob Walsh. Bob Walsh. He looks like a former like uh, I was sort of guessing maybe a former football player. I could be wrong about that. And then uh, this last guy is Ken Ken Wilson. I feel like that's a name I've heard in radio circles, although I'm not sure. But uh, I do. I, I weirdly like this commercial because it makes me nostalgic for a time and a place that I did not live. It feels, I mean, it looks like a, you could make a commercial ten, with 10 times better production values in your garage today, which is hilarious to me. It's always, it's always amazing to me what professional, uh, you know, uh, production looked like 30 years ago. Yeah. How many, not even 30, more and, than but that. But keep in mind, there's also a local radio commercial True. advertising yeah. on TV. So you know what this had the feel of? The Big Chuck and Little John show that I used to watch as a kid. Yeah, which you're would very be nostalgic kind of for from that. I said 30, era. by the way, more like 50. Yeah, seven, 79. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I need your help in untangling something here, Genevieve, because I reread a sentence a hundred times today trying to figure out uh, <laughs> how I should feel about it. Um, so somebody, when I I took that particular commercial and I isolated it from Dave Volsky's full three-hour-long video and I uploaded it to our after these messages YouTube page because I wanted to share it with friends and stuff and I don't want to be like, here, fast forward to the three-hour mark or whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I posted that to our page and we got some comments immediately from people who were around back then and feeling nostalgic for that commercial or that era. And one person wrote, that's game show host Jeff Edwards in the commercial. Oh, so okay. I looked it up. I didn't know who Jeff Edwards is. That's G-E-O-F-F for anybody else Googling this. Jeff Edwards. So I end up on the U.S. Game Show Wiki uh, page, and it says that um, he was an American television actor, game show host, and radio personality. Um, it looks like he did end up, like he started off as kind of acting and doing a lot of radio work, and then later on got into game shows. Um, it looked like, he, uh, I'm trying to think, he didn't seem to have any steady gigs on game shows that I knew of. He was like in a remake of the match game. He worked with Chuck Barris on some other things as well. But during his radio days, he worked for KFI. Now, this is another radio station that we know people who worked at. This is another conservative station, but this is down in Los Angeles. And this oh first of all by the way he was also um a reporter who happened to be in the Dallas Police Department when Jack Ruby shot uh Lee Harvey Oswald wow. yeah so that's interesting um but anyway so i'm looking for the part of this article where it says that he was on um KFI he was a host on radio station uh KFI but then he quit in protest and here it is here. Sorry, it's taking me. I'm, I'm, jump, I'm bumbling around here. It says, he later worked at KFI, but ultimately resigned as a protest against 
fellow KFI personality Tom Likas. Oh. Destroy. So Tom Likas, who a lot of people would know as like a real toxic masculinity yes. talk show host who would like tell his listeners how to. This is my Tom Likas imitation, by the way. I'm not having an episode here. How to. Well, whatever. How to. How to take care of the women in their life or bring women into their life in ways that I would find repulsive. Anyway, it says uh, he resigned as a protest against fellow personality Tom Likas destroying Cat Stevens records after Stevens called for a fatwa on Salman Rushdie. That so is a I'm lot like, of... That's a, right? That sounds like uh, we didn't start the fire. That's like a okay. verse from it. So I'm like, oh, good for you for for like leaving in protest over the actions of Tom Likas, who's a disgusting guy. But then I'm like, but also not great. Cat Stevens, Cat Stevens, who I'm assuming was Yusuf Islam at the time. Yeah, although well, I don't know when he changed his name, but clearly, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> calling for a fatwa that 50 years later will lead to the author losing an eye in a yes. public attack just a couple of years ago. Like, I don't know who to, maybe I just sit this one out. I don't know who to root yeah. for on that one either. <laughs> I, I guess Salman Rushdie is pretty safe. But I do like Jeff Edwards quitting in protest over the actions of Tom Likas. Yeah. Yeah. But so rest in peace, Jeff Edwards. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's the other commercial that really caught our attention on Saturday. And it is for a beer that you might, remember called natural light actually i guess it's still around natty light i cheapest beer in college watched this commercial and thought it was a beer i hadn't heard of until you mentioned that it's called natty light and i'm like oh yeah i've said natty light a million times in my life i've never said natural light uh, yeah always unexamined it seems so weird and i mentioned that this is a commercial that would have fit perfectly into a show that you put together recently because this stars fred willard who is in all those christopher guest movies and in a bunch of uh, commercials starring other co-stars of Christopher Guest Project. Yeah, so I did my my guest stars show, and he, we did feature a couple of ads that uh, that had Fred Willard in them, including I think it was Directv. It was some cable oh, yeah. competitor. Um, but in all of those, he was already Fred Willard. Like he was a well-known mm -hmm. character actor, um, and certainly well-known for his participation in the in the Christopher Guest projects. My sense from this, although he's playing a very Fred Willard, like blowhard type character or sort of like oblivious blowhard, which I think is kind of his stock and trade. I don't think that he's anything other than an actor doing that here. Like, like do you mm -hmm. get the sense that he's already a, a well-known or even a, a somewhat known commodity, like either com comedian or comedic actor? It's a little hard to tell. I think that he's just a guy in a commercial yeah. here. He might have been in some projects by 1979. I assume he was. Was yeah. he an SCTV guy? That sounds right, but I couldn't... I'd have to double check. So my... And I could be totally wrong about this, but my gut here says that Fred Willard at this point in his career is recognized by some people, but he's not playing... Like to his celebrity in this commercial. Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm looking still, him up he still now. Had to, trying to figure he still had to audition for this role. I, that's that's what I'm guessing, but I don't know. I'm trying to find his IMDb page here. But yeah, he just the weird thing is, is like he's just playing. I guess like an annoying blowhard. You see a crowded bar, all men, right? I'm trying to think. It's just like 
It's very guys commercial. It's yeah. a beers commercial, a beer, a uh, beer commercial. When he and did the first woman appear, had a speaking part in a beer ad. Who wasn't a server? Who wasn't a server? Because yeah. I saw a bunch of like women being servers in a lot of these ads. Um, but it seems like it's uh, like they're all like businessmen done with their business day, right? It's a bunch of men. They're all wearing suits and their collars are unbuttoned. And he walks in and he's just like, I guess the joke here is he's just really one of those loud, annoying guys who can't stop talking in the bar. Yeah. And I guess that's the joke, although he just like lays out so much information that doesn't. And I, I'm wondering how much of this is our references that we don't get. It might also be a reference to a heavy ad campaign that was running at the time. But just take a listen to this guy walks into a bar and can't stop talking. Natural light beer, please. Actually, I guess you're supposed to say, give me a natural or make it a natural. OK, so I'm a maverick. But, you know, I just walked out of a bar because they didn't have natural light beer. You must have been humidified. So so was I. I empathize with you. You know, a cabin without the smooth, clean taste of this light beer is downright unnatural. You know, that's so true. That's why I came in here for a natural. There you go. I just said natural. It goes to show you. I guess you hear something so often. You naturally just follow along like a flock of sheep. Monkey see, monkey do. He's doing this thing. His body language is funny because he's the type of guy who walks into the bar, but instead of sitting down at the bar and facing the bartender, he is like ho immediately holding court. He yeah. Puts, he sits down on the stool, puts his back to the bar, and is just like talking loudly to everybody walking by. It feels like such a. It feels like such a product of its time. So I don't know if you could understand if you could follow, but the guy who starts listening to him says, "You must have been humidified." I really am. I really. Uh, emphasize with you i was going to ask you what was that so it's just like it's just malapropisms right like he means you must have been humiliated right. i really empathize right. with you. so, so it's, but is it's it just like, that, like idiots are, like guys who go to bars are all either like blowhards or idiots that's i don't get, yeah i want to listen to that again and play that again i mean co-signed like, obviously but like how is that a pitch for natural light and also him at the end saying like kind of referring to the 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 ubiquity of the ad campaign and saying i guess i'm just like a a flock of sheep doing what people tell me i'm like dude that's the brand you're hawking for right now like do you want to make it sound like the customers who buy natural light or natty ice or whatever are a flock of sheep like it's just and also i just don't get why this other guy like why is the joke this other guy has one quick line and it's just it doesn't make sense it's yeah propisms i don't understand it yeah i agree i think either there's some piece of the puzzle that we don't have or it's just like i say like a product of its time and a kind of a scene that would have somehow had currency for people of the late 70s. I want to listen to that line again. Let's just start it from the beginning here. I guess you're supposed to say, give me a natural or make it a natural. Okay, so I'm a maverick. But you know, I just walked out of a bar because they didn't have natural light beer. You must have been humidified. So was I. I empathize with you. You know, a cabin without the smooth, clean taste of this light beer is downright unnatural. Wait, you know what? I'll bet you that other guy is maybe famous. Somebody who famously does mount like yeah has because I kind of forgot he's the one who then does the pitch on why the beer is so good yeah and he either might be in a bunch of these other natural light commercials or maybe he's just funny and that's part of his shtick and maybe even Fred Willard is kind of leaning into a shtick that he's famous for at that time and is I is it possible backtrack that, on that. um so I'm 
as as I should, doing my research now while we're on the air, Fred Willard was part of a, a comedy duo called Willard and Greco. Is it possible that, that guy's Vic Greco? Let's take a look here. Did you Google what Vic Greco looks like? No, I have not Googled what Vic Greco looks like. Oh, it looks, like. is this a, were they like um, on radio, do you suppose? Let's see here, Gre- Greco and Willard. Wow. So I I think I was way wrong because here's some black and white footage of these two doing a bit way back. It looks like in the 1960s uh, in black and white on the Ed Sullivan, uh, the Ed Sullivan show. Is that him? Thank you and good evening. I'd uh, like to introduce ourselves. My name is Fred Willard and uh, my partner is Vic Greco. Now, we'll be doing a few scenes. They're doing the... Uh, that's not actually Fred Willard, right? That's Greco yeah. getting their names wrong. That's the bit there. That's the bit. I don't know. Do you think that's the guy? It could be. It's like a decade later. At least, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah, I think that we're... I think we're literally missing a, a joke there. And now we're not making very good radio because I'm Googling on the fly, <laughs> which is uh, never great. I'm just want to... I just want to see... Um, if you type in Willard and Greco, uh, natural light. Nope, you end up with light in painting. From El Greco. <laughs> From El Greco on Wikipedia. So let's move on there. If anybody else wants to fill in the blanks for us. Yeah, there. well, we as always, we post the links um, with the show sheet um, where, uh, wherever you download it, and it'll be on Facebook. Um, and if you take a look at it and you can identify who the other uh person with the line in this ad is uh let us know now i want to play two other beer commercials for you here and uh, compare them because i think this is really fascinating first of all i i got to get one little distracting thing out of the way that our listeners won't even be able to appreciate unless you go and you click on the schlitz ad in the show notes and watch it i saw this commercial you went upstairs briefly you waited for a commercial break in the 1979 Seahawks game you went upstairs to work on something and then I was like Genevieve get down here I gotta show you something I gotta show you something and you're like what what is so important and I'm like in the Schlitz commercial they show a close-up of a hand grabbing a beer out of a cooler but it's so clear that moments before the hand touches the beer the beer can just moves of its own volition (laughs) it It twists like I don't know a sixteenth of a turn away from the camera and I cannot tell what is going on with physics right there. I The only thing I can think of is maybe they were doing some sort of trickeration where they were actually showing this in reverse because it's like a one-second shot of a cooler and a hand going in and grabbing the beer. And I cannot figure out why the beer moved. It almost looks like it's trying to get out of the way of the hand. But that's definitely not <laughs> – yeah, this is not the, like a hamburger The best way I commercial. can describe it is the beer can flinches. Yeah, it is such a weird little – hiccup in the production that I found it so distracting. I watched it a million times. Uh, but that is that serves us no purpose here in an audio medium. However, what I do think is interesting is these are two beer commercials that aired at different times during this game for different beer brands. One is Schlitz, and I think the other one is Miller High Life. But, I mean, it's not groundbreaking to know that there's a certain trope of beer commercials from this time. It's almost all exclusively men. And instead of taking place in a bar, these are the type of beer commercials that show men out doing often fun but, like, tough manly things. Yeah, physically demanding kinds of sports or, or recreation. And so this first one is for Schlitz, and it's, like, a few guys who are, like, uh, I one of those like sail, one of those racing sailboats, like a catamaran. They're like you know they're hanging off of it and like they're the tightening ropes, Cup. like the America's Cup thing. And it's all these really intense angles of them. It's almost like a a prototype for what we'll see Mountain Dew do in the nineties. Yeah, 
only instead of jumping out of airplanes or like doing extreme sailboating. Right. Um, but what struck me about it, aside from the can moving, which I still can't figure out, um, was the almost poetic nature of the voiceover like you know there's some guy who's saying you do this and you're out there on the sailboat doing that you'll hear it in a second and I was like oh that's weird they're being like really lofty with their language here and then in the other beer commercial the Miller High Life one it's almost exactly the same thing and only instead of having fun it's a bunch of men who are loggers and they're trying to get the logs down the river and it again has this weird almost like it's not quite as poetic but like kind of like you spent the day dancing on logs on the water and then at the end of the day and of course both commercials end with everybody done with their work or done with their sailing and then it's time to relax with their buds and, and crack into a beer. You know, we were talking earlier about um, like representation of sex and gender mm-hmm. and commercials and, and the way that masculinity is performed and reinforced and really like designed through the through ads like this and the fact that you have two yeah. separate beer, two competing beer brands essentially having the exact same narrative around masculinity really tells you like it's baked into the culture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So here, listen to the Schlitz one. This is Sailboats. You've come to fly before the wind, <laughs> harnessed to a wildcat, suspended above the waves like the man on the flying trapeze, straining to get every ounce out of her, and moving so fast, the mast begins to sing, leaving the rest of the world behind. So you go for it, making the most of now, from the life you live to the beer you drink. And since 1849, the beer that makes the most out of life is Schlitz. That's why every day, millions of times a day, America reaches for a Schlitz. When you're making it beer, make it just one beer. Schlitz makes it great. Go for it. That's a good jingle. Now, I don't want to wait too long. I want to play this next one right away with that fresh in your mind. In fact, I'm wondering, does this one use the second person as well? You've been doing this. You've been doing that. You dance on a river of wood, and the spinning shapes in the cold, dark water are your only bridge home. So you keep on dancing until the last log is in place and you can head for Miller time. Time for the best-tasting beer you can find, Miller High Life. When it's time to relax, we've got the beer, Miller beer. If you've got the time, we've got the beer, Again, like... Second person, weird poetic description yes. of what you're doing out on the water. Intense One is depictions of masculinity. Yes. But what's interesting to me, Miller has always, I think, tried to have sort of an everyman like uh, quality to its brand. I think of Schlitz as also kind of a working class beer, but the sport that they're depicting there is a very upper crust, yeah. like elite sport. Yeah. Even back then, I think like that kind of like two man catamaran sailing where it's like it really, you know, you're going at just like phenomenal speeds on the water yeah. and people are like standing on one of the rudder, you know, on one of the hulls, like 
leaned way over as the as it like flies through the air. A bunch of John Carries on their sail. <laughs> yeah, just John carrying <laughs> it up. I mean, what did that? Guy, what did he get dinged for? Right, elitism. Yeah, it's, an, it's literally like, on his on his sailboat. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, elitism is like the main thing you associate with with sailboating in general and that particular kind of sail racing. Um, and so I just think it's interesting that like that's what Schlitz was going for. Like they had every they could have chosen any kind of extreme um you know male physical activity and that was what they chose mm-hmm. but yeah the similarities of those two but commercials it's just wild like, how same how similar just they are. the same we were watching thing. it and we said like oh this must be the next the one in, campaign, the, in that yeah. campaign and then it gets to the the kind of beer that it's advertising and unless schlitz was already owned by like whoever the whatever like the parent company of miller is but i don't think that would have been true in 79 Probably it doesn't seem that way. Yeah. It seems like now they're all consolidated under Duff Beer, I believe. Yes. Um, but I have one more beer commercial here. This is another Schlitz one. This is um, Schlitz Boat Veterans for Beer. Sorry, I'm trying to make a Swift Boat Veterans joke after my John Kerry reference, and it's going over about as well as his campaign. Um, okay, that was a Schlitty joke. <laughs> it was definitely a Schlitty joke. Okay, this next commercial is actually a very, very quick promo for, uh, let's see here. Oh, this was an NBC product, right? Yes. We're watching NBC, which, by the way, <laughs> the NBC Sports uh, motto at the time was NBC Sports. We're proud, <laughs> which was just seemed so. They kept saying that, and I think I. I later... feel like that's a joke that Jack Donaghy would make, like trying to prop up the failing NBC, which was always like a a through line of Thirty Rock. It seems strange. I think I, I saw in the comments underneath the actual video of the football game, somebody wrote "Proud as a peacock," and I realized, oh, is that an expression? Proud as a peacock. Oh, yes. And so, did you know that when they oh, say NBC, we're proud? I wasn't getting that connection. I yeah, just, no, I I knew oh, it was okay. proud as a peacock, but I just think that the construction of it is very NBC funny. Sports. We're proud. It's just a very strange thing. But anyway, this is a very very quick promo okay. for a show. Sorry, sorry to always make it about Thirty Rock, but I can't. Hear proud as a peacock without hearing Tracy Jordan say, I'm proud as a peacock, baby. (laughs) So this is a promo for a show that I had never heard of before called The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. And I know you did some Googling on this while we were watching the game. But first, let me just play the promo because you and I made some, we jumped to some very quick conclusions here. We assumed, or I assumed, that this was just some ripoff of the Dukes of Hazzard because we see some- But it was just in the air, baby. Yeah, I guess so. We see like these kind of, it looks like a, a, a bumbling deputy looking at like a sexy bootlegger who's just like Daisy Duke uh, yeah. through his binoculars and the promo for this particular episode says that there's some bootleggers in town and there's a special guest at the end. Take a listen to this. On the misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, there's trouble brewing when Bertie spots some moonshiners and look who's drinking the evidence. Dean Martin. Tuesday on NBC. That's it. So Dean Martin makes a guest appearance to drink some of this moonshine in this special episode. We get a real eyeful of a comely young woman and her very short Daisy Duke. Yes, the through the binoculars. Now, now known as Daisy Duke. Exactly. So I was like, oh, this they're clearly drafting off of the success of, sure. of, of Dukes of Hazard. I thought it had to be that Dukes of Hazard was had been successful for, you know, some period and that this was like 
the another network's answer to that. Right. But apparently in 1979, Dukes of Hazard was still pretty new itself when this came out. So what do we know about how these two shows overlap? Well, they this this show did not enjoy the success that um, that Dukes of Hazard did. Dukes of Hazard ran for well, it had at least 100 episodes because it went into syndication. That's for sure. Um, so I think it had six or seven seasons, something like that. This only had, I think, uh, ran from 1979 to 1981. So you and know. Dukes of Hazard started in 79. And as Dukes well. of Hazard also started. So in So they 79. both started in the same year, meaning that this couldn't have been. I mean, I guess it could have been, but is most likely not a direct ripoff. I think it was just a weird time, and and I'll tell you where this came from. Um, the Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo is an American action comedy television series. It ran in, uh, on NBC. Uh, obviously, we're proud. Mm-hmm. We're watching NBC here. The lead character, Sheriff Elroy P. Lobo, played by Claude Akins, was a spinoff character of BJ and the Bear. Oh, right. Which, you mentioned this the other day. I forgot that yes. detail. Uh, which also aired from those same years. BJ and the Bear ran from 79 to 81. This also ran from 79 to 81. And that's, again, kind of a, a southern, yeah. like, uh, we we're on the road. Cars, hillbillies. Yeah. Like, super hot ladies with low-cut tops and high-cut shorts. Yep. Just like, just like... Uh, Rednecks having a good time was just like in the it was just the zeitgeist of the time. Like the what are the other what are the race across the country movies of the time? Exactly. Um, With Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise or not. Yeah. Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. um, Yeah. Like I you know that's really not my milieu so I can't mm -hmm. remember. But like yeah all of that all those kinds of like Burt Reynolds if Burt Reynolds was involved in it and there was like some sort of Trans Am or equivalent car. And truck culture was just big in the early yeah. late 70s and early 80s so it was just it was just like of a time right and and i think that dukes of hazard just happens to be the one that was either best in breed or the most successful and that like it got the most traction um kind of in the in uh, as a as a network show Um, i would like to read you a brief synopsis also they'd retooled uh the misadventures of sheriff lobo so after the first season um this is actually pretty funny um so in the in the first season they're just like he's a, a kind of a slightly corrupt but ultimately like kind of a good guy you know kind of a kind of a rascally sheriff um he, he is the lead enforcer of the law as well as one of its leading offenders he has a a dim-witted uh uh deputy named Bertie Hawkins um and they're just always like solving crimes but also like trying to like get an angle you know mm-hmm. so you can picture it right and you said that he plays a character named Elroy is that right and Elroy what, P. Lobo was there an Elroy or something similar to that in Dukes of Hazard? I'm gonna look up Dukes of Hazard characters well there was Boss Hog mm-hmm. and there was Bo and Luke Duke mm-hmm. and what Uncle was, Jesse was the deputies this name? is a lot of knowledge about Dukes yeah, of Hazard do. for me considering I was never allowed to watch that show do you know that when you look up Dukes of Hazard characters. The first character that's mentioned is the General <laughs> Lee car. Of course it is. Followed by Daisy, then Boss I mean, Hawk. in fairness, it did the best acting. Oh, I think I was thinking of Roscoe. That's yes. what not and there was a Cletus in there as well. Okay. So, you know, you get it. It's all mm-hmm. it's all the same. But this is this makes me laugh because it's always it's always something, right? So the series premise, this is by season two in 1980, the series premise was overhauled completely as season two began. Um, 
And the, the new premise is that the governor of Georgia, uh, which is impressed by the sheriff's low crime rate because the sheriff forgot to send the crime data. So it's all just a misunderstanding. Uh, the governor reassigns uh, Sheriff Lobo and his deputies uh, to a special crime fighting task force in Atlanta. Now it's an urban based show. And is that how that works? They just they they'll transfer a whole group of cops to a totally different department in a very very different environment that is not uh that is not typically how it happens Mm -hmm. i think in real life um but the reason that it was switched over was that the the nbc president at the time fred silverman um saw that the research showed that the show was performing well in rural areas it makes sense right it's Mm -hmm. kind of a rural vibe but not in urban areas he had a history of preference for urban viewers over rural ones Mm. um and so it had been decided. So he decided, like, okay, now it's an urban show. You know where I thought you were going to go with that was it was a show that was attracting rural viewers, but they wanted to be careful of making fun of rural communities too much. So they wanted to move it to a city so they could make fun of the city folk and still keep their rural viewers. But no. They want those city viewers. They, they thought city if we eyes. move these people. And I wonder if there is a um, – I wonder if like, you know, like the things that advertise the the type of income that advertisers want would be more from people like maybe more disposable income in the cities or something. Yeah, I'm sure there's a whole, uh, you know, there's probably a whole television arts uh, class that you could take about like why there was like what the value, what the value or the relative value of, of like different types of demographics and urban viewers versus rural viewers might be. Um, but it just cracks me up that like apparently this the show was like fairly six not not like a not like blow you out of the water successful but like it was succeeding yeah. on its own terms and then Fred Silverman was like get these get these jokers to Atlanta. I'm gonna tell you a story of this next commercial. We see a boy and his dad out in a field somewhere, and they're playing with a model airplane. I think the I can't remember if you hear the dad say, "Let's give her a spin" or something, and the boy says, "Okay," and then you uh, see him kind of fire up the model airplane with his huge remote control, and they're celebrating the the flight, and then we realize, oh, the dad in this scenario is also a real life airline pilot, and wow. you'll hear you'll hear the voiceover in the song celebrate the men. And their what is it? Magnificent, Mag- the magnificent <laughs> men, and their, and their flying, flying machines. machines. Those magnificent men and their flying machines. Let's take her up. Got you, Dad. Some guys just can't get enough of flying, even when they fly for a living. Call them dedicated. Call them perfectionists. In the friendly skies, we call them Captain. Those magnificent men and the flying machines. So it goes from this field to a shot of the boy and the dad and um, the kid's mom, presumably the guy's wife, in the airport, kind of saying goodbye to their dad before he boards yeah. a plane. It's real so pre nine eleven feel. Yeah, so that he can uh, so he can fly his passengers. Um, and then we see the boy waving to his dad as his dad takes off in the whatever they were flying for United back then. I don't know. Yeah, probably something from Boeing. Probably. Um, so. 
again, I can't. What is it? Those magnificent men and their flying machines. And their flying machines. That is a reference to an old movie, right? I was looking this up earlier. Like when this commercial came on, you and I were just like kind of bewildered. Yeah. And I don't know if we were bewildered on the same Which level. Bothered or not. and bewildered. Were you familiar with the reference, the cultural reference of magnificent men and their flying machines? I think it rang the faintest of bells for me. Me too. Is it from a musical or something? So the Wikipedia page for this is um, that those, by the way, that's obviously too short of a title to name something. So the full name is Those Magnificent Men and Their Flying Machines or How I Flew from London to Paris in 24 Hours and 11 Minutes is a 1965 British comedy film satirizing the early years of aviation. Um, there's a bunch of people listed in here. I'm not familiar with most of the names except for Red Skelton and Benny Hill. Um, this actually seems like one of those really frantic 1960s style. Yeah. Um, mad, mad, know, mad, movie. mad world. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of them had long names like yeah. that. Peter Sellers was in a lot of this type of stuff. Absolutely. Um, the font tells you everything. Exactly. And um, and craziness ensues. So apparently I'm guessing that that is the song from that movie. Let's hope. Uh, um, but like so gendered like yes. they I mean the song is those magnificent men and they even say like we hire guys yes. who love flying women are uh, domestic have a place in the domestic sphere that's right men and their sons can become pilots what a strange commercial that is what a strange like I again I feel like this is one where maybe we're missing the zeitgeist here yeah. like when did, maybe that when did song, the movie come out oh it uh 65 I closed the tab but I'm pretty sure it was okay. like mid 60s so it had been around for a while and maybe it was just like people just knew that song the yeah. way you and I might just know a song from 15 years ago 15 yeah whatever yeah I think that's right you know uh it's it's also got like a funny thing happened on the way to the forum feel to uh-huh. it like in terms yeah. of the, the movie itself but yeah clearly like this is a song that got into popular culture enough that United Airlines thought, oh, there's like, there's a natural mm-hmm. fit here for us mm-hmm. to just, you know, repurpose the this song. And by the way, Cannonball Run is the movie I was yeah, trying to think of before, but also is like sort of like a 30 years later or whatever, or 20 years later, sort of a, a nod at those kinds of wacky movies from the 60s too, I think, which is like chock-a-block with cameos yep. and, and and over-the-top characters smoking the bandit that that type fast of thing. motion for chases <laughs> yeah with the sound of, <laughs> exactly whatever poor man's yakety sacks boy the poor man's yakety sacks stay away from that what about the bon what is the bon genevieve the b-o-n it's like an upscale department store was it a predecessor to bon marche we had a bon marche i I think when I was uh, growing up in our like local mall, or I at least was aware of it. Now I'm 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 unsure if I'm remembering that correctly, but I think the I think the Bon is yeah, just like a it's a it was a department store, right? I guess so because I'm I'm really confused. We saw this commercial. We just thought it was sort of funny because it's essentially a commercial for forks, which yes. is funny. But it's just like it's it's actually for like kind of like a you know an expensive dining set for or your, dining for sets or whatever for yeah. your silver that and you would that you would like register for you know at your wedding or whatever you know people used to register for like their silver or their their 
china pattern or whatever their silver pattern and then they might get some of it at a wedding but they might over the years also like fill out their their collection with like oh i never got the gravy boat or i never got the tea set Mm -hmm. or whatever it's our silver spectacular on now through saturday september 29th at the bond save 50% off sterling four-piece place settings in 38 of our most popular patterns from International, Gora, Toll, Lunt, Oneida, Wallace, Reed and Barton. And with the purchase of four, eight or 12 four-piece place settings, you'll receive one, two or all three of these beautiful gifts. Right now through Saturday, save 50% off sterling four-piece place settings during our Silver Spectacular at the Bond. Um, that doesn't play super well with audio. First of all, the audio is kind of shitty there. Sorry about that. Um, but it is just very funny to see a bunch of forks like flash across the screen when they they're listing the, fork brands. They have whatever the fork. They have the forks uh, stuck on some sort of carousel that's out of frame. So it's just like all you're seeing is like the ornate different types of like this is the like this is the mm-hmm. the Wallace this is the whatever and they're like fl- they're sort of like floating by you so you're like ooh you know like I, that one's very ornate oh that one's very modern mm-hmm. yeah this next commercial is for Dodge Ram vans and this is I find this interesting for a couple of reasons number one it's just like the big panel vans that we see now that I, I it just sort of seems like for a long time panel vans existed in their 1979 mode, yes. sort of, but they always had a little bit of, um, I don't know, history to them a little bit. Like, they never seemed modern. Like, these yeah. vans never seemed modern to me. They always seem old. But they're essentially the type of van you would see anybody pull a heist in in a movie from, like, 1975 or to... Ni- Isn't that kind of a heist? Is a kidnapping a heist? I think it can be. Interesting. If you do it right. But from like 1975 to 1995, this style of van just seemed like it never changed. And yeah. this is for the Dodge Ram. I, my high school and college boyfriend, uh, we drove up the coast of California in one and it, it could have come right from this commercial. Me and my friend Tony used to drive yeah. around in his huge white Dodge. I'm pretty sure a Dodge Ram van. Um, and... Uh, the thing that stood out to me about this is seeing it like flashy and new in this commercial. Like you always think of a van like this as just kind of like rumbling up to something, right? Like just pulls up to something that's a little bit slower, whatever. A heist, a kidnapping, <laughs> this, a kidnapping heist. This commercial has the van like driving through these muddy trails and it's like literally off all four wheels. At what point at it sh- they showed this van getting air. Which that's right. Oh, so you did see this? I didn't so know that you saw this on Saturday. wild to me that they would show that in a commercial for a van. I didn't know that you'd Your already seen this one. Your van should not leave the ground. Yeah, check this out. Oh, also, we see actual rams locking horns, and it gives me an uncomfortable feeling when they hit. Yeah. Seeing animals, like, lock horns like this, always, like, I don't know, it always... It, it tell hurts me, tell me, let's unpack that. I don't know. Like, what does it feel like? I know that that's... Like, what does it feel like? Like, I know that's, like, what they do. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're a kid... They're and, built for it. And you see dogs fighting, and you kind of don't understand that they're, like, fighting, or that Two they're playing. Two spider fighting, yeah. but they're not hurting each and other. And I always wonder, like, well, what do horns feel like? Are they equivalent of, like, teeth? They're kind of like outside bones, as Titus would say. So, like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to, like... <laughs> I wouldn't want to like tooth fight with somebody, and essentially that's what they're doing. They have these big teeth on their head. Well, how do you feel when you see somebody like head a soccer ball? 
Uh, that doesn't bother me quite as much, although I think they're trying to um, have kids do that less. Yeah. Um, but anyway, also, the sound of it is disturbing, and I can't tell here. <laughs> I think they're amplifying the I sound. I love that we've been together for 23 years, right? We just celebrated our 23rd mm-hmm. anniversary. Still learning new things about you. You're still learning that I'm weird about a lot of things. <laughs> I get an uncomfortable feeling when I see animals lock horns. I also think that this is... Is that a, why you don't like the lock horns? It's from, exactly, from yes, the, uh, exactly. Because other than that, it's hilarious right up my alley. <laughs> um, I think this is a good jingle, too, if anybody wants to call in and sing it. Ram power. Dodge gives you ram power. Ugh. Now Dodge vans go beyond tough. They're Ram Tough. Galvanized steel for critical area rust protection. More than Ford or Chevy. And with optional three-speed automatic, the best V8 mileage ratings. More than Ford or Chevy. Dodge vans. Engineered by Chrysler to go beyond that. tough. Dodge trucks are Ram Tough. Man, all four wheels off the ground at one point with this giant van oh my lumbering God. And it's just woods. lumbering through the woods. And it really does, like... We're so used to like the slick production of car, and they, for one thing, like when was the last time you saw a van advertised? Like they must still sell them, but they just they advertise SUVs and cars and yeah, trucks. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's wild to even see a panel van like that like being advertised, van. like a work yeah. van. Um, but the way it's shown driving, it just looks like you know someone's cousin got in the behind the wheel, and they're like, "Oh, just go as fast as you can down this dirt road." I don't know, man. For some reason, it gives me like. 80s toy commercial vibes almost <laughs> you know like yeah. like a kid is playing with that van and right. making it like like or like i guess oh yeah we're pre um what was the mr t show <laughs> i can't even the, the a-team. a-team yeah the a-team doesn't come for a while after this i think That's right the 80s right yeah but I, so, I mean it, not too long i mean i don't know when the when it started i, I associate it with the 80s but yeah. it could have been 81 well anyway i don't think that this was drafting off of the a-team van at all but anyway it was a different time Everybody's talking at me i don't hear words saying only the echoes of my mind. Were we talking about um, tongue twisters? Our listener here is going to mention the rural juror, <laughs> which is a joke that we uh, quote a lot from um, 30 Rock. Speaking of 30 Rock, which has come up a lot today on the show. The yeah, rural I've been in a real juror 30 Rock frame of mind. Is a tough thing to say. I just can't remember if we said something that specifically sparked Rebecca's voicemail here. But she has a rural juror-esque local commercial she wants to share with us. Hi, Andrew and Genevieve. This is Rebecca from San Diego. And I have a commercial for you, a la the rural juror. It's another tongue twister. Particularly hard for me to say because I had a speech impediment when I was little and I couldn't say the letter R. Me too. This one is the roto-rooter. Took me a few times listening through it to really get what they were saying. But I think that's it. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Roto-Rooter. Your resolution probably involves saving money. Don't let a plumbing issue break your bank account. Roto-Rooter offers same-day service because we know accidents happen when you least expect. Call us, your Southern California Roto-Rooter, for a free estimate at 1-800-GET-ROTO or online at rotorooterca.com. That's rotorooterca.com. Roto-Rooter has been resolving plumbing issues since... Now, I've heard of Roto-Rooter before, so this doesn't come as a shock to me. Although, Rebecca's right. Like, I 
swear the first time the voiceover guy has to say it, he really has to gear himself Yeah, up I feel like that. he takes a big breath. <laughs> it really does feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Roto-Rooter. Roto-Rooter was the brand that growing up I was familiar with as like kind of like uh, Stop Freaking Call Beacon, you know? Yeah, like that's they were, one around here. They yeah. were the ones that were like blanketing the airwaves with advertising. I remember they had a jingle that, and I don't remember how the jingle went. I just remember that it ended with Roto-Rooter. Oh, but it, there right. was some other part to it that I can't remember. Let's do a little exercise here. Let's go back and forth saying Roto-Rooter. Back okay. and forth, like hacky sack back. You say it, I say it, and then wait until one of us breaks. Roto-Rooter. 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 <laughs> Let me finish. Roto Rooter. Roto Rooter. Roto Rooter. Roto Rooter. Roto Rooter. Okay, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> Hi, this is going to be an anonymous jingle because it's a parody and it's silly. I don't want to be associated with it. Here it goes. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, shut up, lady, don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us throw it away. Have it our way at Burger King. Have it our way at Burger King. Someone saying that to me in sixth grade many, many, many years ago. <laughs> stuck in my head ever since. That context is so important because yes. if this adult man had just called in with his it's own like, parody. What did Burger King do saying, to you? Shut up, lady. Yes. Yeah, shut up, your mouth. You're like, oh, well, that's a little. That, Show me on the that doll where Burger it. King hurt you. <laughs> but knowing that that was something some <laughs> dumb kid saying to another kid in sixth grade years ago and it just stuck in your head is so relatable. Oh, so good. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for calling that in, Anonymous. <laughs> You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I want the listeners to know how disciplined we have been during this show. Near the beginning of the show, our cat Bingo jumped from the floor onto this incredibly tall shelf where he, we know he likes to hang out up there, but we always have to put him up there. Yeah, he like or let him to be crawl up, up or, us or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And since we're doing the show and it was his time that he'd usually be playing with us up there, he, did you see that? He just launched himself from the ground onto that shelf. He's gotten a bunch of new tricks lately, including Uh-oh. getting food off of the stove, which we yeah. didn't think he was willing to do. That was the one place yeah. where we thought we could set food and for some reason he didn't go up there. Uh, yeah, so now he can jump up seven feet, get food off the stove. It's great. It's a great new day of bingo uh, terrorizing I am, us. I'm proud of him, though. I'm proud of him. That's pretty, that was a big jump for a little guy. Yeah. Big jump for a little guy. Because he is a little guy. He's he not one of those. Guy. He's not like a super athletic cat because he's got short little legs. So my point is we were very disciplined and we didn't talk about our cat on the podcast today. Well, a little bit at the beginning. Uh, and you, also And then at the now. end, uh, you can call our voicemail line. Please call our voicemail line. We love hearing your voice. 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. Share your thoughts. Share your jingles. Maybe you want to call in with that uh, Ram jingle. I don't know. You do you. You can also record yourself and send us a voice memo as uh, Rebecca did. 
After these messages show at gmail.com. That's after these messages show at gmail. And you can check out, I, I didn't play any of the commercials I've been uploading to YouTube, but boy, I've been going through the tapes and uploading a lot of stuff to our YouTube channel lately. Uh, you can find that if you look for After These Messages podcast on YouTube. Any final thoughts, Genevieve, about the cat, about rams locking horns? Roto Rooter. Roto Rooter. What good is all your money if your style's still tasteless? I celebrate the fact I moved into my mama's basement. I don't